news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. So we have a fun episode today. Great episode. A longtime friend of ours, Lindsay Lawler, is on the show, and she was our college friend. Was she your college friend or just my college friend? Um, You know, my story now is that we were good friends in college, but I'm not sure. (laughs) No, you were probably best friends in college. We were best friends. (laughs) But being in Nashville and being... Uh, Oklahoma Sooner grad, we got to yeah. stick together. So anytime I'm out in the community, I say, Lindsay Lawler, best friend from college. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Adam, you say everybody's your best friend. You know, I use that term pretty loosely. You do. I've been accused of that. I know. It's like, I met this guy. He's one of my best friends. I'm like, what's his name? And you're like, um, I don't know, but he's a good dude. <laughs> good dude. <laughs> <laughs> it gives like- credibility though. It does, yeah, or not, now that everybody knows your secret. So if Adam has called you a best friend in the past, be warned. He calls everybody (laughs) a best friend. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But we do love Lindsay, and she's amazing, and her story is so incredible. Um, So she's talking today really about her journey through music and her career and some moves that she's made and then adoption, which is super cool. Yeah, and I think it's really cool that – her and Seamus are kind of similar to us that they're Mm -hmm. chasing these dreams that they've had for a long time. He uh, does some sound and music in different movies and, and he's chasing that dream and she's chasing a music dream. And it it reminds me of us when I'm trying to chase a baseball career Mm -hmm. and you're chasing a dance career, Mm -hmm. kind of unconventional jobs, but, but pretty fun that they make it work. Yes. And then they welcomed their beautiful daughter Freya into the picture And she goes through kind of that journey of how that adoption process worked on our podcast. And it just gives me chills even thinking about it. So she gets into the detail of the story on our podcast. But it's overwhelming to think of that journey that both of them were on, um, which is cool. And she's so cute as can be. Oh, yeah. My favorite Freya story is, and you might remember, I forget if you were at the game, but she was, Lindsay was singing the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. She had Freya and the little baby Bjorn, and she pooped all over Lindsay right before the game. <laughs> Lindsay ran up to our retail store, grabbed a shirt, said, I know Adam Noose, I'll be back and pay for it, and ran out the store and, and uh, performed Boy, the anthem. Me. Everybody was worried about her, but she showed up in a new Nashville Sound shirt. And, uh, but it's funny that she, she just Hashtag rolled with it. Mom she, had a, life. <laughs> she had a big smile on her face the whole time. You would have thought uh, panic would be set in a little more. It was but. so funny. I remember we were there at that. Um, and I remember her being like t- texting us saying like, Freya pooped all over me. I'm getting ready to sing. What do I do? You know? And so, um, it was good that the retail store was right there and it may have appeared as if she was stealing stuff, but <laughs> I'm sure you had her covered. Yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, let's hop over and listen to Lindsay Lawler. Lindsay Lawler, 
How did I get so lucky to have you on this podcast? I'm so pumped. (laughs) I just love it. We were just talking before we hit record that you and I are very similar with a thousand spinning plates and juggling balls all at the same time. And so I would like for you to introduce yourself to our Destined for Greatness audience and tell them who Lindsay Lawler is. You know, I've been trying to figure that out my whole life. <laughs> um, and as soon as I figured out, I'll let you know. Yes. No, I am, um, I am an, an ever-evolving human, I think. Yes. Um, but I came from the long story short. We know each other. Yes. From college. Mm-hmm. And uh, went to school together. And we're sorority sisters together, which is awesome. So it's so fun to reconnect with you. Yes. But um, I, after school, I've always been in music and media. I started in radio when I was young and then um, moved out to L.A. right after college. After I was also, I'd been in a band. So (laughs) I moved out to L.A. and I was um, in a rock band in L.A. Mm -hmm. as well as worked in radio out there, uh, produced an afternoon drive show. Um, So music has always been a part of me in radio. And then um, I'm in Nashville now. My husband and I have been here about 13 years. And I'm in the music business here. I've been an artist for a very long time, but I'm now transitioning to more of the business side and helping younger artists, um, which is pretty inspiring. And just, you know, in this world of entrepreneurship now and social media, just start, you know, creating, starting a few new businesses and, and, uh, all kind of in the multimedia world. But, um, I'm also a a spokesperson in the trucking industry, which is, um, how I've gone out and toured in the past few years, which we can touch on in a minute. Yes, so, yes. so that's a little bit but all <laughs> over the place and I a new mom it. and a new mom. Oh, I love it. Okay. There are so many things bottled up that you just talked about because I think it's amazing when I first met you, well, we were in the sorority, like you mentioned, but what I remember most about you is oh we had a program <laughs> called you sing at the university of Oklahoma and you were in charge of it. And you were, I was a freshman and you were a sophomore and you were full of energy. And I didn't know, like, you know, when you're a freshman, you don't know what you sing is, but you had experience with it. And so you were so into it and so energetic and so fun. And then you sang so beautifully. And it was like, wow, this girl has it all wrapped up in one. And I just love that about you. And so you're that type of person that people are just attracted to because of who you are. And so it's no surprise to me, all the success that you have had. Um, and uh, what I also love is the chances that you've taken in your life and have been able to impact people in a really big way. So I want us to talk, well, I want us to talk a little bit about your, um, and we can do briefly because I know we have a lot to talk about today, but what gave you the push to move out to LA? Because that's a big thing, especially being young. So we have a lot of young listeners too. What was it that made you say, okay, I'm going to go for my dream? It's signs. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can look back my entire life, like they're so many signs. So what, you know, um, and specifically for LA, I mean, when, if you don't see God's signs, see the signs, God's si- mm-hmm. if you don't see the signs God is sending you, yeah, then, then you miss it. Um, but I went out to, I was working for, um, a guy named Kid Craddock who I've yeah. respected. He's a radio personality and, um, has, has been my mentor since I was 16 when I started wow. working for him. Yeah. Oh, I made wow. my own. That's awesome. He's a big name too. He is a big name. Mm-hmm. He, um, passed unfortunately a couple years ago, mm-hmm. very unexpectedly, but he is a huge, a huge part of my story and how I kind of got from A to B. Wow. Um, but I, I actually, and how I even started working for him is I, this, um, 
I'll call this a sign too, is when I was 16, I called into a, a radio contest I was as I was getting ready for school. And it was like a <laughs> unscramble the word contest. I remember sitting there <laughs> curling my hair, getting ready for school. And I'd never called in to like win a contest. And I was right. like, you know, I'm going to do that. I called in. I won $1,000, which was wow, a lot of money. Yeah. Still is a lot of money. Uh-huh. And so when I went to go pick up my check, um, the girl that came out, who was his associate producer, the girl that came out to give it to me, we started talking and she went to Pierce, the same high school that I was currently in. Okay. So I was like, Hey, can I intern for you? Like you just, you just, to me was a sign. You just said that right there. Yeah. Wow. And you're 16. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That just speaks of who Lindsay Lawler is right there. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. Well, that changed. That was a whole, you know, a whole traject- trajectory change, mm-hmm. I guess, for me of, of my life. And um, started interning for them and learned so much in radio, radio and worked uh, for him through college, uh, off and on in summers. And then when I graduated college, worked for him um, full time in the studio with him. And I was his, I did a bunch of on-air stunts and skits mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff, but I was also his assistant, his personal assistant. Wow. And I was terrible at it. <laughs> I was so bad at it that how I moved to LA is because I think um, it was the only way he could get rid of me without firing me, <laughs> honestly. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> so uh, I went out for a weekend to go visit a, a friend in LA, and here's my my next sign. I was the place, the apartment she was stay, that she lived at where we stayed at was owned by the same people that owned my apartment in Dallas. Oh, and so wow. Like, wow. I wonder if my lease would transfer. Oh, wow. And, uh, wow. Made a call and it would transfer. And so I told Kit about it and he's like, I think you should go. I'll get you a job. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, wow. and then he helped me get a job in radio out there. So I just did it. I mean, the taking the chances yeah. are the most important thing. Yeah. But you were obedient to the signs that you saw, which I think is huge because a lot of times, and actually I was just talking about this when I was speaking the other night is, um, like God does that. Like God's in our every single day, but it's us who needs to be still to know that and also obedient to, okay, this is a God sign. I'm going to go ahead and take it. And I, I just love that you were seeking, you know, adventure. And I mean, moving out to LA, you were young, right? Yeah, I was 21, probably, wow. so just out of college. Okay, okay, so what comes next? Um, so I'm working in radio out in L.A. Um, I found a band that I started singing with that were, um, they were older than I was. They had been playing the Sunset Strip for years, and so I ended up joining this heavy rock band. <laughs> really bizarre and out of my range, but yeah. um, out of my comfort zone. But um did that and um, met my started dating my husband about a year in who wow. um, he worked in, in TV and film and we met at a at a rap party um, but continued to sing and you know it was really hard working in radio I think and put it, as much as I loved radio I really loved singing and being on mm-hmm. stage I've always been a, a a look at me look at me person right yeah and so you know I kept doing and we were we would work all these radio concerts and shows and I would I just really remember being in these big amphitheaters or concert venues and standing there like before the show as we were setting up mm-hmm. or whatever and just feeling that being in the big empty space and yeah. feeling like an empty space myself inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just that I really wanted to be on bigger stages. Right. And so um, I continued to work in LA. I ended up actually moving over and being one of the people that helped launch TMZ. Oh, wow. Which 
I'm so embarrassed to say because <laughs> uh, when I first started there, we were we didn't know what it was going to become. It was right. more of an entertainment outlet. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, once it once it became more the paparazzi, I, I got out of there. Right. Yeah. Um, Smart move. And mm-hmm. then worked in Yahoo Entertainment for a man named Lloyd Braun, who was head of entertainment there, and that was interesting. And then you know he actually ended up leave, um, leaving to go start his own company. He asked me to come with him. So I left my job at Yahoo. And then he realized after I had already quit that he wasn't going to be able to take me with him. Oh, wow. Um, wow. So that was a, that was yet another big sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I came to Nashville actually just to um, work on a, a demo one weekend from my, my great aunt bunny had a guy here. <laughs> How great and- <laughs> is that? Now, were you married at the time when you moved or no? So no. So Seamus and I were, I mean, yes, I'm sorry. We were, um, yes, we were married. Um, but we had, so I, I always move on a whim. Apparently Seamus and I were living in LA and, um, the place that I lived at in, um, in Hollywood, um, the apartment I was in, um, found out it was a, well, let me back up. We were dating, living in LA, we were engaged and we were a couple weeks out from, from getting married. And I had, you know, Seamus, my husband works in TV and film. So 14 years ago, you wouldn't leave LA. Right. You know, that, that was the place to be. We didn't have it going on here uh, in Nashville like we do now. So I stopped, he knew that I wanted to move to Nashville, but I stopped mm-hmm. pushing it because that's a big thing. And I didn't want it. I wanted it to be on him if he decided he wanted to go. Right. And one Tuesday morning, we were two weeks out from getting married. Tuesday morning, he was at work and he texted me and said, all right, if you want to move to Nashville, let's do it. Wow. Wow. What a my, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. Followed a woman. Sucker. Wow. And my lease found out my lease would, again, they would let me out of it if I found someone to fill it. So I did. And on Friday we moved, we both packed wow. up all our stuff, showed up in Dallas, got married and then showed up in Nashville as newlyweds with no jobs, nowhere to live, didn't know anybody. Wow. Oh my gosh. What a bold move but it was an amazing move for you guys it was yes it was wow Lindsay that's awesome you know what is is linking for me is a bold move after a bold move after a bold move like you haven't it doesn't sound like you've settled in your life ever which is you know sometimes we get complacent with like I guess this is my life or this is my job but you continue to make things happen which is huge well yeah and I think that just um no one's going to make it happen, but you, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a so big takeaway, right? You can't wait or rely on anyone else. You can certainly have, you know, your team members and people you build with, but you know, and if there's someone you want to work with, if there's something you want to do, then you can do it. You know, you're your only limitation. So right. I think that you ask God for what you want and then you let the cards unfold. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Okay. So, and when, um, I moved to Nashville, you had already been here a long time, but what was so fun is, in Nashville, the honky tonks on Broadway are so special. And I remember walking <laughs> in and there Lindsay is front and center on the stage entertaining, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And we couldn't even get a spot. We had to go all the way to the back and all the way upstairs. And we were in the back row and we had to like wiggle our way, Adam and I. And we kept saying like, well, we know the singer. We need to get up <laughs> to the front. And it was just. I'm with the band. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. I'm with the band. But it was so fun to see you doing what you love. And there's no doubt when I see you perform that that's what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, that's what you're meant to do because God designed you that way because it's so evident when I see you on stage and I love it. Thank you. It's, it's, 
it's fun. It's where I come yeah. to life. So, and watching other people have fun is, and being able to help create that is pretty awesome. I love it. Okay. So you're in Nashville and then tell me kind of what unfolds there. Yeah. So I started this uh, crazy manager who turned out to be a, not a very good person. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. That's yep. the story. It got me here. So it's fine. Um, he did though, walk me into Tootsie's and, um, I don't want to say he wasn't a good person. He wasn't a right fit. Let me say right. it that way. Okay. Um, and so he uh, took me to Tootsie's, which is a famous honky tonk down on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I got an audition there and I started playing there, but like, you know, a Tuesday afternoon at 10 in the morning, right. like who, who is out, but people still are. <laughs> they are. It's busy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now that yes. we've become such a tourist town. Yeah. And I just worked my way up and started eventually was, you know, doing Fridays and Saturdays and, and the front room and, mm-hmm. um, Staying there for years and um, also quit. You know, I think a lot of people, I knew that, that, that there were other avenues I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I saw how Broadway can, Broadway here in Nashville can consume you and you can get sucked in and it can be, it can become comfortable. Right. Um, because you can make money down there and there is a built in audience all the time, which is great. Um, but I started just realizing that, you know, 80% of downtown was tourists. So I started anybody who was interested in me or, or liked me when I performed, I would, you know, find out where they were from, ask mm-hmm. where would be the good place to play back where they were from, and then go after it. So, and, yeah. and I kept in touch with a lot of the people that would come to see me because I knew that would be. You are such a take action girl. I love this. I love this because too, can I stop real quick and just relate it to somebody that's wanting to start their own business? Like yeah, that's really sure. what you're doing is as an entrepreneur, you're seeing, okay, this is working where I am right now. How can I multiply what I'm doing to create a bigger audience? And I think that's any business minded person like, okay, what I'm doing right now is working. How can I find more customers? And so I think you're so brilliant. That's awesome. Well, you're sweet. I don't think I know. I mean, I, I'm realizing that now mm-hmm. years and years later. Right. Um, I don't think I, if I, you know, if could have, would have, should have, but right. I wonder if I would have realized it then with the difference it would be, but now we're so empowered. Like it's such a entrepreneurial wor- world right. that it's, it's really invigorating and exciting to see what you can do. And uh, so to not stay too much on the, on the music side of it, just cause I know this is, um, people are wanting, you know, to find out from a business standpoint, but, right. um, I definitely, after years of singing and then I started touring, um, and then I, a couple of things that happened, but I, I want to say I, I had to go through a lot of these things to look back and see, oh, I had to do that and that and that and that mm-hmm. so that now 15 years later I could do this, Yeah, you know? So I think sense. that's important as you go along your, your journey to look back and be like, okay, this year mm-hmm. or last year, this happened. I met that person, which led to this right. and just, you know, be even like jot down journal, those things. So you can kind of have an outline of your life and mm-hmm. see like, even just talking, like when you said themes or, you know, mm-hmm. when you see themes of stuff you're doing, mm-hmm. I think that's important. Cause then you find out your strengths that way. Right. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So is this where the highway angel program came into play? Yes. Okay. So I, um, got booked to play, um, back in Dallas where I'm from Mm -hmm. at a, a trucking convention. Um, and we had some family friends in the trucking industry. Um, so I found out about this and I literally, I was singing, uh, 
me and then my producer, I'd been recording and writing a lot with a guy named Chris Roberts, who I still work with to this day. Mm-hmm. And so he and I were there playing like at a, a trucking convention in a back corner by a bathroom, wow. just, you know, singing <laughs> on acoustic guitars. Yeah. And I met the people from the Truckload Carriers Association, which mm-hmm. is a national trucking association. And uh, at the time, they were looking for a person, a artist, a known, you know, a name artist, a Toby Keith or a Trace mm-hmm. Atkins or somebody that could be their face. Well, that's obviously very hard to come by somebody that's mm-hmm. already established like that. Right. And so they saw me singing and performing and I heard about a program they have called Highway Angel, which recognizes truck drivers who have performed extraordinary acts or saved lives out on the road. Wow. And I just said, Hey, could I try writing could Chris and I try writing a song for you all, mm-hmm. a kind of theme song, so to speak. And I remember the president at the time who's still a good friend of mine, he said to me, that's either going to be horribly depressing or horribly cheesy. And I was like, I know, just like, <laughs> yeah. let us try. <laughs> right. Wow. And we did, and they loved it, and it became a, a theme song for them of sorts. And I ended up becoming their spokesperson, the national spokesperson wow. for the program, which I still am. And um, then as I parlayed that into, okay, so how does that help me from a music standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it was really just having a platform right. to help them to go out and carry their message and for me to give, a, you know, a place to sing. Right. And um, I think what's important to that is I saw, you know, I, I had a lot of friends that were signed to record labels at the time and not getting to do it their way, mm-hmm. having to work with certain people, not, you know, just getting stuck in this deal where they were not even really getting to get out and perform. Right. Right. And I think that scared me. Like I never even took a record label meeting once. Um, never even tried to, I think mm-hmm. looking back, I was probably, I mean, maybe intimidated by it right. or whatever it was. But, um, so I ended up kind of the trucking industry has become, I kind of made them my record label, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So different companies would fund, you know, I'd have two responsors sort of like a NASCAR thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, they funded music videos. They funded my recording. Um, Schneider was a big trucking company. They, and then TA Petro and then several companies from them, including TCA basically would pre buy a bunch of records from me so that I would have the money to record the album, then go record the album and then sell them, you know, and then sell the records back to them. And then they started carrying them. I was like, well, maybe they could carry them in the TA Petro. They did. My record was that became a distribution deal. And wow. So you again, entrepreneur spirit did it your own way. I mean, I just think the theme of your life is I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to do it my own way. And I'm going to keep following these open doors. And it's created so much success for you, but such a great story, Lindsay. I love it. Thanks. Yeah, it's kind of fun to look back on. I'm like, oh, you're like, oh, this is actually a great story. Okay, now I want (laughs) to shift a little bit because you and Seamus were married. And were you longing for a family? Was that something you guys really wanted? You know, I, um, we're both very close with our families. We have nieces and nephews. We're very close with friends, kids we're close with. And, um, I think, I mean, I never, I always assume, I think I just always assumed, of course, we're going to be parents. Of course, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have kids, you know? Um, but it didn't have, we both travel a lot. My husband travels the world. We're gone quite a bit. And, you know, it just timing wasn't right. We got older and went about our lives. And I guess it just, it never happened. And there was something in the back of my head that, that knew. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we know our bodies way more than we right. probably give it credit for. And right. I think I knew there was going to be an issue there. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that because of that kind of kept avoiding it because right. we don't want to hear bad news sometimes. Right. Right. Um, and one day I, uh, I had to switch because of, um, 
insurance, I ended up having to switch doctors. And um, I went to my uh, gynecologist and she, she's like, why have you, why have you never gotten pregnant? Could I, I hadn't been on birth control in years. And, right. And I said, I don't know. And she's like, why did your, your previous doctor never, there's certain tests you can do. Um, there's a, an egg count test. And I was like, I, I was never even told that. Yeah. So she did that test and found out that I had, um, a very low egg count. And, um, there's, you know, that w- without going into all that, honestly, if anybody has, is dealing with any of this and wants to reach out to me personally, I am so happy to help guide on this path because I learned a lot just, you know, thrown into it. Yeah. Which can we just um, park real quick there? I th- sure. I love that you're opening yourself up to talk to people because it is, you have to be vulnerable to talk about it. And one of my favorite things about you, Lindsay, is you are an open book and things that you have learned, you've been willing to share with everybody. I mean, I remember when we moved to Nashville and you're like, okay, here's where you can eat. Here's where you can go. Here's where you can live. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, but this is a more intimate topic. But the fact that you're already like, Hey, if you're going through this, because it's a heavy, deep, you know, hard situation. Mm-hmm. And so for you to do that, I just appreciate it. And we'll get your information at the end of the podcast, but okay. Carry on, carry yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think that's important to share. I mean, that's another point of success is that, mm-hmm. you know, what, what you put out there comes back to you. Um, if you, if you believe that I do. And so, um, you know, when we moved, like when Seamus and I first moved to Nashville, we didn't know anybody. Right. And I, I, I remember thinking, gosh, when I get this town down, I'm going to, help anyone who comes there. But that's also, I've learned now is, is part of one of my just, you know, straight, I guess, career strengths yeah. is connecting people. Mm-hmm. And I, and I love it. Nothing makes me happier than right. <laughs> helping somebody fill a void they need, yes. like, you know, introducing yeah. people. So, um, so I think that's important if, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you can help somebody help them because you certainly want to be helped yourself. So, right. yeah. Um, yeah. So we, you know, it was a, it was a blessing I guess, in disguise that we had to shift doctors who then made me take this test, who then kind of forced me to, to get the information quite frankly, Mm -hmm. um, because I probably would have gone on avoiding it. Right. Um, and I got this call from the doctor. I was on the road with my band. We were at an airport and answered the call and it it was, it was hard news to hear Mm -hmm. obviously for a woman. And I wasn't with my husband, so I waited to tell him and I was so devastated to tell him that news. Um, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that I couldn't have children. It was that we would have in order to have children, I would have to do IVF. I would have to do fertility treatment. Mm -hmm. And so a very long story short, I, I started, um, I started like the, the first there's IUI comes before IVF. We Mm -hmm. tried that three times and there were signs all along the way too. my doctor. Um, I didn't love my doctor that we went, you know, I just kind of went to who I was recommended who had the appointment that day. And, um, I didn't even know I really, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was just going through this blind and mm-hmm. just kind of doing what a doctor had told me. And he didn't have a great bedside manner. I probably should have, should have searched more, but we dove into it and he kind of set me up for failure. I think he said, well, you've got three, I'll do it three times. I'll try mm-hmm. this step, the IUI three times. Mm-hmm. And so I think that put a, a, you know, put something in my head that yeah, right, I got a limit to this. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so the first and second time I was kind of, you know, just ho-hum going through it, through it. Cause I think I thought, oh, I still got that third time. Right. So the third time when it didn't work, I was devastated mm-hmm. and it was expensive, mm-hmm. not as expensive as IVF, but 
Yeah. Expensive and emotional. And um, when it didn't work the third time. tiring on your body, I'm sure. Just all the stuff that you had to go through and probably medications and stuff. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, And nowhere even near the IVF. So like even just as much as that took, I, uh, when those three didn't work, they did this test on me that they shoot this blue dye up under your fallopian Mm -hmm. tubes and, and it was so painful. Um, where I passed out on the table. I told oh. my sister later and she had apparently been put to sleep for it. I was oh. not. Oh gosh. That's and awful. I was just like, you know what? Enough. Yeah. This is, I just, I just want to be a mom. I don't, you know, we wanted at that point, you know, I'm like, okay, clearly I, I we do want to be parents because right. we are, we are doing pursuing. everything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, there's, I knew there's something bigger and I wanted someone to take care of me when I'm older. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, at that point it was like, you know, I just, we just, we want to add to our family and we've, we've always rescued dogs and we have always have friends giving and invite everyone into our home. So mm. it was just about growing our, our posse here at home. And, yeah. um, so yeah, then we, we went down the adoption trail and that's a whole another deal, but which is, that's something, something else I would- that I want to ask you when you say we went down the adoption trail. Like I know that you're saying after the third one, it was hard, but was adoption ever on your heart or, um, it was, it was. Yeah. I yeah, love that. It was. Okay. So- it was it, not necessarily growing up because I, I just hadn't seen a lot of that. Right. And I just, you know, I'd only seen the, the, what my version of family was, right. you know? And so, right. um, I just was kind of going about that path, but, um, it definitely, there were, there were, things along the way, you know, that when I would, as I did get older and see some different scenarios, it was definitely in the back of my head. Yeah, I love um, that. And Seamus is too. And, you know, we, Seamus and I would joke that, you know, oh, if they have, if we adopt a kid and they have, and they are crazy, then we don't have to blame it on our own teeth. So that's good, you know? <laughs> so there you go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you have one of the most remarkable, beautiful adoption stories. I mean, every story has their own just beauty in it. But can you share your adoption story with our listeners? Sure. Because it'll, I mean, it'll move you. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. There's, and it, it is a, um, it is a, a long story. So I'll, I will address the points that, you know, kind of, kind of work with in this scenario. But, um, but so, yeah, we, we started the process. We, we found a, you know, initially I started out with a, we started out with a local agency here outside of Nashville where we live. And, um, cause I thought, Oh yeah, boutique, that'll be cool. They'll be right. close. I'll get more attention from right, them. Right. And I didn't, what I didn't realize going into that was that that it limits you, mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, for lack of a better term, it's really supply and demand, Right. <laughs> you know, right. when it's just pregnant mothers versus adoptive families. Mm-hmm. So, um, we started with them, we finished our home study, which was a very long and invasive process, which I understand, but I definitely got defensive through that, um, a bit if I'm self-admittedly, because I was like, you know, we're, we're good people. We just want to add to our family and we're having to like jump through all these hoops when there's people so reckless in the world, but it's, you know, it is what it is. You have to just know it's part of the process and and get through it. But, um, it ended up bringing Seamus and I closer, I think, Mm because there was, you have to do, you know, counseling with your adoption counselor. And I learned a lot about Seamus, like little things just about like what dinner was like for him as a kid growing up. And like, so that was kind of fun. It Mm -hmm. was, I think everyone should go through every couple that is maybe thinking of getting pregnant. Right. Go through all these. It reveals a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, nothing was negative through it. It's just a lot of work, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work to get your home study done. Um, so we finished that and um, started waiting. And our process as a whole is not very long as a whole adoption. If you look at back through our lives mm-hmm. as a whole, it is. But because mm-hmm. um, we're older, yeah. Um, I'm. I was forty. I turned forty Woo-hoo! and then <laughs> got my baby the next day. Yeah, and my wow. husband is. My husband is several years older than me, so it's never too late, guys. Right? Yeah. Mm. Um, and so yeah, so we um we started through this, and it's very expensive. We weren't really sure how we were going to pay for it. We didn't have this huge chunk of change just sitting in the bank. Um, I mean, we had options. We could have taken a loan or worked with family, or um, but we didn't really know. We just right. kind of trusted trusted that it was going to work out how how it was supposed to, and 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 began. And um, we had um, our our adoption counselor here reached out to us and said, listen, we're just not having, for whatever reason, um, prospective pregnant moms coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, and she encouraged us to reach out either domestically, um, interstate, or international. And so we decided we'd look to either Texas or Massachusetts. My mom found a, a agency in, in Texas where they lived because if we were going to have to relocate for any period of time, we wanted to be close to family. And so we started the process with them. And um ended up I Seamus was in Japan and I got a call from this attorney and it was it was so last minute but she she's walking me through it and she's like all right so this woman is due in 10 days and, blah, blah, blah. and I was like wait are you are you saying this is my child wait what, what is happening and wow I just fell to the floor and started crying and um oh my god to to um fast forward we had that one um that mother ended up having the baby and uh, I we had gotten pink we knew it was a girl gotten pink all in the room and um she ended up decided her her mom came her the baby's grandma decided they wanted a parent um so that fell through and then we had another one fall through and those were um devastating of course oh, but my gosh. um but I don't even remember honestly I and there's so many more details to that mm-hmm. which I'm happy to share with anyone individually but I don't the pain through those now that the story has a happy ending right. I have my daughter Freya so it's nothing like you realize it's just, you've got to move through it and pick yourself back up. Cause it's all leading right. to where you're, you know, to the final outcome. Yeah. But also like let yourself experience that pain. Cause those were kind of, it's kind of like a miscarriage in a way, right. quite frankly, yeah, you know, well, you're preparing. I mean, you said that you painted her room pink or got pink stuff and then, Oh yeah. We just had all yeah. our girl stuff. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. But the really exciting part of that story, which is another just trusting your intuition, trusting, God and your and your choices. So, I have a um, a company here called the Nashville Music Loft, mm-hmm. um, which you can find at nationalmusicloft.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it's a vacation rental and private event space. Mm-hmm. But at the time, during during this time, my dear dear friend Skip and Rhonda owned it. It was their home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a loft downtown in Nashville, but they also did private music events. And they had, they had hosted a a video showcase for me and record release. And we were just at one night, like, um, you know, we could turn this into a business. Like this is your home, but it's such a cool space. Nashville was on the boom at the time Mm -hmm. continues to be. And so we did, we ended up, they, we ended up turning into a vacation rental where they would, we would rent it out on the weekends. I would do some events here and there during the week, but they never, uh, they, we couldn't, you know, fully turn into business because it was their home. Mm -hmm. So in August two going on, two and a half years ago now, it was in August. Um, and this was just a couple months prior to us getting our daughter, um, is in August. And they decided last minute, they're like, why don't you go ahead and open it up this weekend? 
put it, you know, put it online. We'll, we'll come stay with you because my husband was out of town. I said, okay. And so la- I opened it up on like a Thursday. That evening, somebody booked it really quickly to stay downtown. Uh, yeah. A man and his wife and one other couple. And um, they said they were dropping their kids at camp and decided they were going to get away for a quick weekend. And I said, uh, what time are you arriving? And he was like, I don't know. It's um, either three or five. And in my head, I don't know if I've said, said that to him. I'm like, this guy's flying himself on a, on a private jet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yes. interesting. I'm, I'm right. curious to meet this guy. Yes. But it showed up and, you know, in his flip flops down to earth, just, uh, and, and just the nicest, he and his wife, the nicest, wonderful people on this other couple too. And I, I said to skipping around to the owners of the loft, you've got to come meet these people. I don't know why I had a show downtown that night. They all came, we all hit it off. And after my show went and had a drink and just, just hit it off, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so that was August. And I just, I said, when they left, you know, keep in touch if you're ever back in town, whatnot. Right. So two months later, skip around, decided they were going to sell the loft. And I was so bummed because that it was such a such special place to me and wanted to keep it right. in, in the, in the circle and I thought, you know what? I'm going to text that guy. I've only met him once. Right. I'm just going to text him. I know he comes to Nashville a lot. He doesn't even live here. So I sent him a text and said, I don't know if you remember me. My name is Lindsay. I know you liked the loft. They're selling it. Just thought I would give you a heads up in case you were interested. Wow. He told me later that he had just landed in Nashville here wow. for a business trip. His Uber driver got lost and he was driving by the loft oh when he got my text. <laughs> wow. And he said, he's one about signs. He's like, I took that as yes I'm supposed to so he said yes I will buy the loft my only stipulation is that you come with it and you run it and you turn it into business and grow it so I got to we got to keep it somebody I knew I knew it was going to keep the same heart and I got a job out of it wow like an addition and a place to create a music business yes wow and most importantly um skipping around to the owner said well we'd like to give you a commission since you brought the buyer into it and right. they didn't even have to use a realtor. They didn't have to list it. And they said, we'd like to give you a point and a half. And I was like, I wonder what that would be. I did the math. It was the exact amount it was to adopt. Wow. Wow. I just got goosebumps. That's yeah. unbelievable. Wow. It is. So that's a long story to get there, but the yeah. whole thing is, you know, if you don't, if you don't believe things are destined, then right. yeah, <laughs> well, uh, they are. Wow. So then it was like your financial burden was lifted by, yeah. you know, by this, which is incredible. Cause that is a huge thing, you know? Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. I love it. And the music loft is amazing. I haven't actually seen it in person, but online and stuff, it's beautiful. So it's pretty um, great. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So continue on because there's still more excitement your way. <laughs> so yeah, so these things just have kept, you know, kept evolving. And, and I think, you know, I was started, so we got, and then, you know, we, Fast forward, we'd gone away for my 40th birthday. We'd had these two adoptions fall through, so I was pretty beat up by it. So we went away with a bunch of friends for my 40th birthday, just rented a cabin up in Gatlinburg and had such a special weekend mm. that, in hindsight, I think was really important. We wouldn't have gotten that weekend if, if one of the other two children had had happened. Right. <laughs> and right. so on the drive back from that trip, I said to Seamus, I'm just going to reach out to the attorney and say, you know, we're still here. And as I said that out loud, I got a text from her and she said, we have a a mother in labor. This is your child. Oh my gosh. Oh my. So that was Thanksgiving week. We zoomed home. My family had just driven off from Dallas. They were waiting at my house and we said, you gotta go. (laughs) We gotta go. Um, And we got an Airbnb, went to 
Arkansas where our child was born and um, she was born on Tuesday and then came home with us on Thursday, which was Thanksgiving to an Airbnb wow. in Arkansas. Oh my gosh. I mean, what? That's random too, right? Yeah, I mean, totally. <laughs> wow. So your family was in Nashville at the time or did they, they had driven? you in? Okay. Yeah, they had driven from Dallas to Nashville for Thanksgiving. Wow. Um, so we sent them back home and we went to Arkansas. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is so awesome. So your family's like, wow. And tell us her name. Her name is Freya June. <laughs> She's the cutest little thing, too. She's like the littlest, She's pretty cutest awesome. little peanut. Oh, I love that. I love She's that. pretty awesome. So how? Well, and then we, yeah, yeah we got back. Um, and then two days later, Seamus had to leave for Tasmania, as oh one does. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. So I was, you know, n- new mom and not, I didn't have maternity leave and, mm-hmm. and the music business. So right. she just kind of came along with me. I <laughs> At a couple of weeks old, she was on stage at downtown and at the Country Music Hall of Fame. I had a show. She was just on stage with me. <laughs> I love We just that. went with it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now yeah. she's walking. So things things are changing. I yes. can't just lug her around. But. <laughs> but can anything prepare you for that? I mean, how quickly you went from like this dream in your heart to holding your child. I mean, even though it felt as if you're talking, it was a long time coming. You can never truly be prepared for that moment. I mean, what was it like? There, um, there's really no way to explain how, uh, there's no way to explain it. Like in that mm-hmm. moment, it's crazy. And, and you can't prepare. So, so there's no Don't reason try. to try, yeah. you know, yeah. because every story is so different and mm-hmm. you hear like, you hear different people's journeys and then you get an expectation of what yours will look like. And right. it never does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, you know, your story being your Absolutely. own. So yeah. there's no real way to prepare and it's just, you kind of just go with it. Let <laughs> me ask you this, and this may be a question you don't want to answer. And, and if you don't, that's totally fine. But as far as people who, you know, are going through infertility and, you know, adoption, does she feel like yours? Like, is this how you, you know, um, yeah. cause I think people struggle with that. Like I want a child of my own, but when I see Freya, she is your daughter. Like there's no denying you may not have given birth to her, but she has always been your child. Will you speak yeah. to that for a second? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely a concern, um, that I'm sure that, you know, that, that passed in my head and that I'm sure other people do. Um, it, I've never for one second had any trouble bonding with Freya. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's, there's no doubt that mm-hmm. she's my daughter. So, and I'm sure people are, you know, you wonder, are you going to, are you going to gravitate to her? Is she going to gravitate to you? Um, I mean, being a mom is not about the, the physical part of pushing mm-hmm. around you. Being a mom is keeping her alive. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. and um, you know, there are times I was bummed I didn't go through that, but I, I never felt a lack of connection with her. I mean, I'd lay her on my chest and do skin to skin the same way any other mom would. And, um, you know, I didn't have to breastfeed. So that was really nice Yeah, and girl. Pump and be on a schedule <laughs> right, and have right. her, she slept really well. Cause I knew how much formula she was getting. Right. So, yeah. you know, I started looking at all the positives that, that I could, that I could pull from it. Right. Yeah. Um, and obviously just that we had gotten a child because it's so, yeah. it's so hard to yeah. even, even get to that point. So yeah, no, I, we, we never had that problem and she you know she won't take on there were certainly times where I was sad that you know I that my husband and I this person that I loved I wasn't going to see what we would create mm-hmm. together but I learned to realize that we are still creating together because she's taking on our personality traits right. she's oh taking on our crazy life and the <laughs> crazy people around us I you love know that I love so that. she's 
She may not look like us, but she definitely she will is the have cutest, a different trajectory. Oh us. my gosh. She is the sweetest little girl too. I just, <laughs> I just love her. Well, Lindsay, thank you for sharing your story. I think you, I mean, you are an entrepreneur through and through and through and through from, you know, moving to LA to your adoption. Like, it's just like you take it on yourself. And I love that about you. And also through it all, you're so encouraging and an open book, which is my favorite thing. So people that want to follow you or have questions about the infertility or adoption or um, booking you for an event, how will they find you? Yeah. So, um, a couple of different ways I have. Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Lawler, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, Lindsay Lawler Music City. Um, and that's probably the best to message me directly. Um, I also have, though, the, the two big things that I'm um, working on besides the Nashville Music Loft, mm-hmm. which you can find us at NashvilleMusicLoft.com. You can book it for an event. You can book it for a vacation rental. And I also host monthly happy hours there. So if you're so interested awesome. in getting on our list, you can get on there. And um and then third, my friend and I are um, about to launch. We own NashvilleBachelorettes.com. So I know. Tell so me what that is. <laughs> we're launching that new business in April, which I'm very excited about. Wow. Um, so you can find us there. And we're that's basically um, a, a curated VIP weekend wow. for people coming to Nashville. It's you know it's an additional side hustle. So this isn't a full event planning. These are people that don't want to plan or think they want to get the insider knowledge they want right. to show up and know they're going to have that the best is the best week and not wait in genius. lines and be doing everything vip etc oh my gosh that's genius and if you have been to nashville lately it's swarming with bachelorette parties i mean swarming yes. with it so that's a genius business and that loft i mean are you putting people up in that loft is that part of the deal it's part it can love be, yes. it i love yes, it yes and awesome. we'll have it a happy hour shower and then you know every your your itinerary will be planned so it'll be it'll be very cool so you can find us nationalbachelorettes.com wow. that will launch in april i love um it. but to ask me any questions or find out any of my story Lindsay lawler music city on instagram is probably the best yeah. and i appreciate you i know what you're doing is is so great i've always admired you a i need my child to be in tippy toes yes <laughs> um but b i mean destined for greatness is such a a great just title and and as I think if anybody can foresee their own greatness, they can have it. So I think that's really special that you're bringing that to light for people. And, and again, that's my biggest takeaway for people. You are your only limitation. So if there's something you want to do, just put it out there and do it. I mean, that sounds very, very basic, but it's really true. So true girl. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I just, you're so special. I just can't wait for the next time that we're together friends. So thank you so much. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Lindsay. I love you. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranews.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place. 
and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.